Yeah, 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 I get that, I get that, but is we live, though? Is we, like, all the way live, though? You heard? This be the place where the vulnerable are powerful and the most gangster thing you could do is serve. The second most gangster thing you could do is what you're doing right now. You dig me? You are tuned in to the All The Way Live podcast. Welcome. Welcome indeed. And they're and definitely, definitely tuned into the All The Way, Way podcast. podcast. And what we do over here on a weekly basis is ensure that we bring a show that is carefully curated content for people's cranium for the sole purpose of being able to create a positive space, man. That's like really the reason we do this thing, man, is that we realize that people is going through it and we love engaging with folks. We love listening to what people want to say, engaging in these incredible conversations and experiences in the world and then finding conversations that matter and bringing them here. And we do that on a weekly, weekly basis. And whether it's for one person, 10 people, 10,000 people, it don't matter. Everybody's absolutely welcome to the All The Way Live podcast, man. Let's get into it. You already know. You already know, man. You know, whatever your, whatever, whatever chills you out, make sure that you, that you get in tune with that. You know, I see from my brother over there, it's, it's, it's some boom bap. He got some boom bap going on over there. You know, if y'all if y'all like to have, you know, a little charcuterie board, you know, whatever you like, a little wine. You know, recently I've been myself getting into my Merlots. I've been checking some of those out. But, uh, man, I was making this. money, y'all. Nah, fam, dollar, like Aldi, Aldi Merlots, you know what I'm saying? We're trying to figure out which Merlots we can get for the low. <laughs> Merlolos is what we own. <laughs> you dig me? How, how old were you when you actually made your first charcuterie board and you actually knew what it was? How old were you, real talk? Uh, I was mad young because dig this, like cold cuts was always the thing in my house, right? Cold cuts was the answer to feeding the children from my dad's side. When he was in the grocery store, he would pick out adult food that would be made for dinner. And then on the flip side of that was cold cuts for the kids. And so I was eating mad salami with leftover onions with all types of, you know what I'm saying? And then I would get yelled at for not making it into sandwiches. That was my childhood. Oh, man. So you, you've been, you've been had the taste of the taste of charcuterie boards and whatnot from a young age is what I'm getting. I guess if you count, if, if government cheese can be included in a charcuterie <laughs> board, then I... I <laughs> I think that I think for sure, man. Not it's the, if it's how you slice it, like because I was slicing it then, I was paring it out with the with the the meats, the cold cuts. You know what I'm saying? We had it. It wasn't on a board. It was on a little Dixie plate with that '90s design. I know y'all remember that, but can't get it out your head. But can't ever find it. That '90s, that purple design. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But that's what we doing, man. I don't know. I don't know where you found that, but it was definitely found in Chicago. Which Chicago is in the building. Joe Berg is in the building. South Africa is always forever in the building, man. Uh, especially today in some of the topics that we're going to get into, man. That fist up for, for South Africa, for sure, for sure. By way of Exeter, my boy is there doing his studies. We got to big that up every time. Academic pursuits are neither easy nor 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 uh, common as they should be among our, among our peoples and among our, our brothers and sisters that we want to lift up. So, hey, we appreciate you, brother, for doing for adding uh, your contribution to the cause. We know it ain't easy. We know it no, ain't it's easy. No, it's hell. No, it's hell, Brother Miles. Reporting live from 
hell.com dude it is uh it is quite a challenge i must say you know it's and then not just doing the schoolwork there's so many other things that are happening because when you're engaging an institution of this sort in the right way you get to leverage those resources for business reasons for that type of thing man so um as always it's a it's absolute blessing to get the support of of yourself and the support of our our family that we're building on this podcast man you know just bigging each other up and all the things that we're doing so i appreciate that big facts big facts yeah like i said man spotlight for for the for the scholastic is not common enough so we got to lift up my brother man over there but on this side you already know what's going on chicago is in the building the building is in chicago this podcast is forever recorded on stolen land this land here was cared for by the council of the three fires the potawatomi people and the violence done to remove them from this land is inseparable from the state that we find the city in this country in and this world in so with that we lift up love for Indigenous people the world over. We lift up love for between black and brown people the world over. And before the intro's over, Biden, we watching you and this task force. We need to see some results from this. We need to see more care put towards the the issues that indigenous people are raising in this country like that. The intro's over. Let's get into the show. Kids official sliding on the instrumental Nordic combos, twist your mental life forbidden jitsus. My clicks initial. Hey man. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, brother. Listen, it's a crazy time. I don't know how things are going that side, but over here in the UK, um, it seems as though they're about to reintroduce um some some COVID regulations. You know, we've been naked masking it over here for a better part of the for the better part of the last uh, the last part of the year and it seems like they're about to put in new constraints and this is off the heels of um a new variant that has been found the omi 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 corn omi corn i think it's omicron <laughs> you say you said like Omicorn is a different. We're gonna use that as a joke for corny people later. Like y'all got the Omicorn virus, y'all corny, but it's Omicron. I think is the the COVID John. What's what's? Oh, it's just me now. I've been waiting for this. What up, Lob Nate? Ah, oh, he coming back. <laughs> you know, welcome. Difficulties, man. So tell me what the temperature in the U.S. is like. Man, it's a, uh, it's very, it's it's mixed, right? It's like people are sick of having to wear masks. People are sick of all of the additional inconveniences that come with regulations due to COVID. So I think especially over the summer, we saw people like push the limits and the boundaries of of what we could do as far as gathering, getting together, trying to trying to live a normal life. Um, I think as we move into like the fall and the winter season, we're in this position where it's people like we're a lot more susceptible to even regular things like the flu. Right. So there's a I think there's a weariness that a possible spike could come up this fall, this winter. Um, and there's a there's kind of a push to be careful. But especially leading out of this summer, people are kind of feeling like, man, I'm done with this. I want it. I want us to be back to normal for real, for real. And I think the the rise of a new variant just reminds us that 
like as inconvenient as it may be, as as sick as all of us are of not being able to live our normal lives and do things normally, like these regulations and are are in place because we're not out of the woods yet. And I think that's what this shows. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's very peculiar because the, the timing that we're in right now, mentally, as you say, we've all kind of gone to the place where it seems like people are just so fatigued with this virus, you know, like it's one cannot understate just what every not everybody had the same experience in what this virus did to them financially, emotionally, family wise. Um, there's a whole lot of things that are encompassed by it. And I think a direct correlation of how cooped up and like the mental effect of being indoors had to people. We saw that when everybody went outside, people were wiling out. You know, we discussed that back on the Travis Scott Astro World Festival when it, you know, we're talking about this this social mania where people are really just taking things to the nines um in, in how they are and how they're they're engaging with themselves outside. So part of the story of this particular strain that Miles knows how to pronounce better than I do is that it was detected in my home country of South Africa, right? And off of that, you saw a increasing number of restrictions and an increasing number of um, uh, South Africa being put onto the red list and things of that nature with media, with media painting uh, or with, with media, um, Essentially, the, the verbiage around it was that this is a South African strain in South Africa and has been punished for it. And it turns out there might have been uh, some a little bit more complexity around that, right? So you had a lot of South Africans that were just up in arms talking about, yeah, I, it's here for sure. We're not denying that. But how come y'all saying it's our disease? We didn't make this disease. We just so happy to find it because we have strong enough institutions to find it. <laughs> And yeah, from across the pond, China was like, yeah, <laughs> you see, <laughs> and you never want that, dude. You never want that. <laughs> you never want that. But I think a little bit of what you're speaking to is like just this state we're in where we're so susceptible by to hysteria via the news. Right. We're in this place where. You know, we want the quickest, most digestible piece of information. We want to summarize maybe a very complex situation as simply as possible because we have so much to digest. We're we're digesting COVID. We're digesting climate crisis. We're digesting political crisis. We're digesting like uh, legal cases that have ramifications for how we engage socially with racism, a future of our justice system like we just want to make it bite-sized. So South Africa, new strain, <laughs> is bad. Lockdown. Lockdown. <laughs> lockdown. It's equals lockdown for sure. That is the definite thought pattern that was taken. And that obviously has rubbed people the wrong way, right? Um, it's rubbed people the wrong way because the narrative, I think, is, is a difficult thing. And a lot of the times um, – Africans are aware of the power of a narrative, right? A lot of the luxuries that go with narratives of other, let's say more, de- I don't even want to say developed countries, but countries that have stronger media influence, um, you're able to see a lot of redemption happen sooner. You're able to see a lot of um, media forgiveness and 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 just the, the wording that is allows for uh, 
people to not associate those countries with those things. But when that's not necessarily the case, we have what happens here. So for one, one of the things that we pointed out, for instance, is that the growth rate of this variant was higher in Europe and in the UK, particularly in the UK, Spain, um, a lot of the countries that had immediately put South Africa on the, on the red list. Now, countries putting South Africa on a red list is not particularly a bad thing. And let me not say it's not a bad thing, but it's not, a, um, it's not an odd reaction to an outbreak of this particular strain. More countries will be put on the red list. But it's that accompanied by the narrative, um, like you said, making it by South Africa, new COVID strain, bad lockdown, guilty. Yeah, and it's extre- it's extremely unfortunate, especially as we head into like I know this side in the U.S. Like I'm very wary of lockdowns, increased regulations due to flights. Right, I have moves to make. I have a wedding to go to in January. My girl is flying in next month, like for the holidays. So it puts a lot of people in very difficult uh, predicaments. Right, I was watching the news. And I saw this gentleman that was had rushed to the airport to try and get a flight uh, out of South Africa to go back to the UK, and he was unable to get on it, and now he's stuck there, kind of in limbo, man. So, um, yeah, just wanna just wanna one time for all the people that are out there dealing with this in in real time, that are stuck places where they they don't want to be, that can't get to their home right now. Um, that's that's trash. And I think, yeah, man, I think what you spoke to means that more than more so than blame more so than you know uh south africa bad which like as you mentioned right news cycles tend to pick up these catchy headlines but then when there's a chance for a redemption when we find out more details right they they don't they don't shout that as loudly right and so when we find out more details about this when we maybe find out that oh maybe south africa was the first to detect this right maybe but that's not where it originated if that may were to be the case, we wouldn't hear that probably as loudly as we're hearing this call to arms and alarm because of this this virus. So um, rather than focusing on that, I would want to focus on like, how do you how are you? How is your family? Um, are they taking extra precautions? What's the what's the feeling like having people that are on the ground there? I mean, um, looming lockdown is lockdown is looming. Right. So I, I think everybody is mentally preparing themselves to to go into some form of of a restricted living going into the holidays which is kind of unfortunate you know this is a big time for businesses this is a big time for um for commerce you know a lot of people make their money during this time and already the company is fragile we cover the fact that we have the highest unemployment rate in the world so you know those things definitely do affect family and and extend it and it's unfortunate in that regard um, definitely, I know of some people that have already caught it. I know people that are going through it and the jumps, those people are young, have been vaccinated, um, but it, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it kind of keeps catching them, which is just to, in answering your question directly, the family at the moment is good and everyone is being cautious. Um, but again, like it, it really is quite exhausting because we waited for these vaccines and we got the vaccines and now this thing is developing quicker than the solutions that we were able to put into place and now we're stuck at a place it's like do i actually really care about this virus anymore i think everyone's at a place where it's just like man do i care about this thing enough to go indoors and we're seeing people in europe that are striking poland there's protests that are happening in poland over restrictions there were uh 
protests in in France, in Spain, um, you know, the cases are rising. Governments have issued lockdown restrictions, but people just don't want to go back inside and are literally protesting that in the streets. Yeah, it's 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 difficult because it's again, as we were talking about, like off mic, right? It's one of those things that you really can't see. Right. And that is only theoretical until it touches like you or your family. And for some people, they've had that touch and it's been very mild. Right. They've been able to get over it. So they're shaking it off. So it seems disproportionate. The response that might be catering to uh, a portion of the population that's more susceptible to having a more severe response and holding everybody uh, to a certain set of restrictions because of that. So, yeah, people are are very are very frustrated. Um, I'm glad to hear everybody on your side is good. Actually, my little brother, actually, Evan hit me up um, when he was making his trip back to Mizzou saying, hey, yo, I'm reading about this. It's coming from South Africa. How's Zway and the fam? So I'm yeah, also. Man, super, up. Yeah, man. Yo, so uh, the Evan's Evan's empathy, like kind of just reminded me that people are so this, this went like just having COVID continue to happen and have spikes like people, it sends ripple effects. Like even if the severity isn't um, is, is debatable and how much regulations can be put in place, need to be put in place to combat it is debatable. People get worried about their loved ones. People get worried about their travel plans. And it's still, it's still an ongoing thing that's severely affecting our lives, man. As much as we want to break out of it, as much as we want to be so done with it, um and i think i don't know how do you feel i feel like we need to kind of accept that and be like we're not done with it this is going to be like this think more long term about this like we're going to be really dealing with this for five years down the road 10 years down the road oh man don't say things like that man don't say things like that i mean i have to have faith in modern medicine i have to have faith in modern science and just hope that solutions will come out quicker because i'm quite honestly man i'm also one of the few i'm also part of the people that are quite just exhausted with this type of living, you know, um, masked up, uh, curfew hours in South Africa, they banned alcohol. So they take your booze. Now uh, yeah. we were drinking, we were drinking moonshine I last know. year. You know what I mean? I know. I know. <laughs> I don't and want I to know. go back to that. And I know that in, I know that in certain places it gets so much deeper when it's, when we're talking about a lockdown than it does here in the U S you know, um, but I'm just I'm like, especially things like max wear, mask wearing and vaccinations. Like, I don't want to I haven't gotten my booster shot yet. That's something that I have and you need to go and do because of how much I'm out in the community and the people that I interact with. But, yeah, I'm sick of this stuff, too. I don't want to be jabbed with the needle for the third time, have my arm sore for the th- like. But I think it's for the sake of us all. And the fact that like this variant popping up, I think just makes me think of the fact that all right, we do need to keep wearing masks, right? Because this is continuing to happen as much as we don't want to, like knowing that this is out there, knowing that it's more resistant to some of the vaccines and to our immune system because of how much it's mutated. Like we do need to be wearing masks. And it also makes me feel like, fam, we just, we just, yeah, we just got to kind of get on. We just got to have a longer term outlook on, on, how long we're going to be making some adjustments, you know? I don't want to be ignorant, but even the 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 usage or at least the protection that masks give you has been questioned, right? Like how, how actually, how much protection does it actually give you? And then also you look at the waste that these masks have caused, particularly in the ocean, right? These blue surgical masks, there's 
it's it's incredible, bro. Like hundreds of millions of these things are not dumped into the oceans, and we're dealing with that reality too. So it's 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 and you take into account virtue masking, which is a term that you taught me, which is I, I love that term where we're just wearing masks when we're around other people to show like, hey, I'm virtue signaling that I am part of the people that believe in masks, and then we get into closed. Can, uh, into confined spaces, restaurants, whatever the cases, we take it off. You know, makes it, it, there's there's also the um, the the social habits we formed around this uh, that we formed around this this virus. Also, things that don't always speak towards science, and that's the frustrating thing. But you have to enforce what works. Things like keep everybody at home or put on a mask when you're in transition, things like that, that might not necessarily fully speak towards what science is saying is effective or whatever the case is, but because socially we've accepted it, this is it. I'd like to, I'd like to hope that modern medicine is going to beat this virus and that in three years, four years, even I think three years, we'll be able to take something and keep it pushing. It's just a new part of the flu. But that's what I'm but that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like three years is a different perspective than we were thinking like one year and being done with this, being done by next summer, being ready to be back out. That's exactly the mindset I'm saying. And when I and like I think I tend to lean too heavily on like mask wearing as the easy go to practice that is, like you said, representative of a commitment to trying to protect other people from, you know, spreading the virus. Right. But I think what I'm trying to speak to more is the mindset change, the mindset change of like, this is almost over. So I'm cool with kind of not really caring how I, how I move around. I think it's everything. It's washing your hands. Like fam, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, finding out that CPS as a part of their response to COVID was like, we're going to make sure there's soap in every bathroom. Y'all, we should have been on that. We should have been on (laughs) washing our hands. We should have been on washing our hands before we eat. We should, we should be, using hand sanitizer like just thinking of a collective way to keep each other healthy and safe is a mental transition that i think we need to make in response to this virus that some of us are resisting in terms of like just wanting to get back to normal and i'm not bad if i'm over over emphasizing mask wearing as a part of that but i'm just trying to say like we got to start thinking about caring for each other differently for a long for for a minute Right. And like our space and our surroundings, like there's got to be a mental shift. And I just I want to I want to see that in terms of keeping people safe. Right. And people are free to protest what they want to protest and and fight legislation, because Lord knows I want to see my family this holiday. I don't want too many restrictions, but Mm. we got to we got to look out. Off of uh, speaking of mental switches. Right. Which is almost a perfect segue into this next current news topic that we're going to get into um a lot of people during covid experienced some a lot of people went through um mental health issues right we saw this was the boom of the mental health um industry but fueled by the boom of the rea- the realization of how much actual mental um wellness was lacking in people's everyday habits and lives and whatever the case is right and i think that speaks almost closely related to the increase in uh, drug prescriptions and the increase in all of these um, anti-anxiety medicines and things of that nature that come up at that same time, right? For people that have never like necessarily been to the U.S., right, Miles? And I'm going to give this, and I'm going to give like just a little bit of context to it because it's something that as a 
as a let's say as a as a foreign as a foreign resident of the U.S. Right, coming with. <laughs> I think you got more. You got more credibility here. You got more roots here. That doesn't feel accurate. You know what I'm saying? As a second home uh, son of the U.S., you know, you're a second there home. You go. Son. You didn't. Southside Chicago to be exact. Stony Island, what's up? You know what it is. But um, off of that, right, when you get to the U.S., one thing you realize, like, man, there's a lot of drug ads on TV. It's crazy. Like, you don't necessarily get that in other places, right? Maybe you get the odd painkiller or um, uh, these energizer tablets, right? But it's not so incestuous as it is on US TV, where it's just like constant, constant, constant ads. You're like, what is going on? But under that, there's this whole uh, big pharma uh, industrial complex, right? That's putting people at, at bay, and that's putting people at risk. And from that, this opioid crisis is, is stemming. Yeah, yeah, you said it, man. Big pharma. Big pharma is... Uh... Is a major is a major force in the U.S. in terms of lobbying, in terms of uh, yeah, ad space, the and taking up the public conscious. It's big business, selling people selling people pills, uh, and we're we're feeling the feeling the weight of that. Right, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the CDC announced that one hundred thousand people over the past twelve months uh, have died or overdosed. Right. Uh, and I guess it should be clear that overdose can be different than death, right? Not everybody who overdoses dies, but over a hundred thousand people in the twelve month span have overdosed, right? Um, and well, actually, my bad. I think they might be speaking about deaths because the next the the next part of the the fact here from the CDC is that this record of a hundred thousand people is more than the toll from car accidents and gun deaths combined in the U.S. Damn. Right? Damn. So. That gives me the sense that maybe they are speaking about deaths, but the point still stands that I, that overdose can be different than than death. You can be revived from an overdose with medical attention, uh, including Norcan, which people should know about, right? That's something that you can carry around, kind of like an EpiPen for allergies, You Norcan for, for overdoses. For um, Yeah, so just keep that in mind. So well, I, I just want to stop you there, and I don't mean to cut you or make light no. of the situation, but saying carrying... Uh, anti-drug overdose medicine as the same way as you'd carry an allergy pill is crazy. No, no, I said an EpiPen. Like a, like a, the same thing. I feel you. you. Yeah, but, but, but it's not though, because, and this speaks to exactly how you kind of brought us into it through, through the transition, right? It's about caring for, for people. So I'm not saying it's everybody's responsibility to walk around with Norcan, but I'm saying that like, it's a thing to be aware of, right? If you find yourself in an emergency medical situation, is there any Norcan around? If you're asking the store owner, the person that runs the establishment, wherever you find yourself happen to be, right? Um, I think a couple episodes ago, episodes ago on this podcast, I spoke to the incident at the amusement park where me and the young lady and she um, was able to perform the Heimlich maneuver to save somebody, right? Boom, you're at an amusement park, you're at a sporting event, you know, somebody's having an episode. It's good to be able to know what to ask for, right? So, yeah, I'm not saying everybody should carry that that around in their purse, you know what I'm saying? But like, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just saying. I was, like, uh, I was speaking ahead. more towards the craziness of the fact that something like that needing to be around that speaks to the prevalence of the issue you know what i mean it speaks to the prevalence of the issue like for instance if 
some, if I told you go to this place, you need to carry around a fly swatter everywhere because there's massive cockroaches, you'd be like, dude, how many cockroaches are there that you need to always have a fly swatter within reach? You know what I mean? It just speaks towards just how prevalent this issue um, really is in the U.S. And one of the cool, one of the numbers I was able to pull from it is that in um, this this town in West Virginia has 2 million people into it, uh, 2 million people in it. Over the course of three years, over 650 million pills were uh, prescribed towards that city alone. You know what I mean? And what, and these are, these are, these are all, uh, these, these are all essentially methamphetamine based, if you will, which there's a whole science to it. Miles, break down the science to it. Uh, we were supposed to have Dr. Will on this episode. Uh, we'll make sure that we hook you up with Booch Not Beer, who can answer all of your your health and 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 uh, substance based questions. But for now, I think we we'll we'll focus on just the fact that, like you said, man, this is extremely prevalent. Uh, it's 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 prompting a very serious response from communities that have been affected by this. Right. So you mentioned Virginia uh, last month in, in Northeastern Ohio, two counties, Lake and Trumbull took CVS, Walgreens and Walmart to federal court during the six week trial. The counties argued that the pharmacies did nothing to stop the flow of an estimated over 140 million pills that led to hundreds of overdose deaths. Uh, and that the crisis has cost each County a $1 billion. Right. So they 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 took uh, and these are big companies. These are recognizable every corner companies, man. CVS, Walmart, uh, Walgreens. It's it's these. This is this is a response that's very interesting. And just as just as before, you wanted to make sure not to make light of this situation because there's a lot of people whose lives have been severely affected by this. I don't want to make light of this or 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 you know. Um, detract from the seriousness of this conversation when I say that it's interesting where the blame gets placed depending on who the afflicted community is. And it's interesting that in this case, we're able to go up the ladder to say and blame it on the companies uh, and, and not the, not the, the people that are, that are using the drugs, the communities in which the drugs are to be found. Right. Um, Yeah. So that's very where we're, we're going to the source on this one, right? Because yeah. because the source might have something in common with the affected community, whereas when the affected community is black, it's the black people fault. Just saying, all right. So 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 this is a, this is that is not lost upon me. Uh, this is a black podcast. We got to make sure that we call out racism when we see it. Now, go ahead. I know you wanted to not. Um, very quickly, uh, at a little bit of a sidebar, every time I see the number 100 million, I think about old boy from Tesla who got away with, the, <laughs> with that 100 million. Every time I see the number 100 million, I'm like, damn, they gave them at $100 million. Anyways, um, yeah, there is that 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 weird thing about where uh, blame is, is put. And if, again, giving a little bit of history, right, into this is the history of, of, of America's relationship with drugs is that the drug, the drug issue, and the drug um, society in the U.S. is closely related to the prison industrial complex. So this big pharma industrial complex is very closely related to the prison industrial complex because you see within there a lot of a lot of people that are in jail are drug offenders, 
um, you know, are related towards drug related, um, uh, drug related arrests. That's a that's a pretty ma a big majority of the people that are in American prisons, right? So, in that respect, you have this war on drugs, which is looking at stamping out those types of dealers. But then you look on this side, which is what you're now speaking towards, is that the large you have people that are dying more than gun uh, gun violence and car accidents combined off of these drugs. However, because it is big farmer, the responsibility doesn't get pushed there. And I think it's 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 quite easy to break down the reason behind that because you know that these big pharma is one of the largest lobby groups in in the US. Well no no they are putting the responsibility on big pharma and that's and that's good. That's like that's that's where it should be placed. I'm just saying when when it was the government that was bringing the 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 drugs in that that fueled the crack e epidemic and I understand we didn't go at the government, didn't go after the government, but I'm just saying there's a there's a lack of accountability in that situation at the expense of a community where that often happens to be the case, right? But conspiracy over, right? Because because they are holding That's these a conspiracy that actually happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Conspiracy. I'm taking I'm taking my I'm taking my, you know, my my co my kofi my kofi off and I'm just kinda all right. You know what I'm saying? We 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 can discuss that, but I want to get through the rest of the rest of what happened here. Um, so the 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 big pharma companies, well, not even big pharma, right? Because we're these are the distributors. This is CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart, right? So actually, we haven't even gotten to the to the people that are that are manufacturing this, right? But um, they were so a jury has weighed in on this case, right? Two Ohio counties sued the uh, sued these three these three corporations. Uh, the jury was able to deliberate and weighed in, and it unanimously found that the chains helped fuel the crisis. Uh, this is a historic ruling. In fact, in the sense that it's the first time a jury's been able to weigh in on an opioid case. Federal judges have settled previous suits, including with Purdue Pharma, big pharma right there, uh, and Johnson & Johnson. It is also the first time pharmacies have actually finished a trial to defend themselves. What that says to me is that there's been a lot of out-of-court uh, cash that has been, that has been settling Definitely. for show. The first time that they've actually finished a trial to defend themselves, right? Or there's been, they've been shelling out cash or people that are suing them are running out of cash. And that's what, that's what speaks to when you try and take on these, these big, huge companies, right? So they were found liable uh, and a U.S. district judge will decide how much they have to, they owe the two counties. The two counties said it was $1 billion each. So we'll see how much they get compared to that. But I mean, like, but, look, like, dude, look, dude, it's, it's, it's real simple it's when it comes to the case of the, the U.S., US right? right? The reason why, the reason why you, you, I'm getting a lot of, getting a lot of feedback, feedback from your side. Uh, um, Mike Chiggity, how that? A lot better. better, a lot better. The reason why even the court procedure of why these things are not being able to get done, it just speaks towards, like, there's always a, a hypothetical, they run the country, they run the government. And like people don't necessarily understand what that they is, right? Because we're speaking in these in these big um, hypothetical terms. But like the reality of it is, is like the massive lobby groups that essentially fund the government 
and fund and dictate which um, which political parties and people are the ones that are going to be in power because they're the ones that are the biggest lobby groups. Um, they dictate the way that rules go. And in almost every large issue that the U.S. is going to, you can almost tether that back into the value that that lobby group has on the in the government, essentially, right? So, for instance, one of the big issues in the U.S. obviously is gun control and uh, gun distribution and the laws behind it. And people might ask, why is it so hard for the Americans to just grasp and put small things in towards gun legislation that could have significant uh, reduction in the number of mass shootings that we're seeing and things of that nature. Well, the NRA is the largest lobbyist group in the U.S. So obviously, when you have accountability and what accountability means to an organization of that size and its value to the government, things are going to be a little bit different. It's the same thing with Big Pharma. Big Pharma is the third largest lobbying group in the U.S., right? So why is it that Big Pharma is allowed to utilize these mass Walmart stations as essentially, if anybody has seen The Wire, this is, this is, this is what young Michael B. Jordan is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He gets the work and then they distribute it, right? Obviously, these guys are liable too. But why we've seen an incompletion of the law to be able to hold him accountable, definitely money is involved in that in terms of paying people off on the side, like you're saying. But you also have to understand that these are the people that own the government. Like, and that's just as per their contribution towards it, man. So this is this is this is America's this is America's sins coming back to 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 haunted, dude. This is a direct, a direct, direct response into what happens when you have corporate interests at the heart of regulation. And what happens then is that you get this sort of overprescription of drugs that then leads to people being addicted leads to people being in more jails, fueling an industrial complex. Dude, these guys, it's, they were saying there's enough prescribed drugs in the U.S. to kill everybody 11 times over. I would like my share, please. No, I'm just kidding. Damn. Uh, <laughs> not to die, obviously, audience. Don't worry about me. To I party, just, come on. <laughs> to party. <laughs> to offset future medical expenses, right? Um... But I think, like, to bring this back to, like, the human element, and, um... <laughs> That's such inappropriate music playing in the background. I apologize. Have <laughs> Jamaican music playing. <laughs> Talk about the, the, the opioid <laughs> epidemic. That That's really ridiculous. took me out of it, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. We, and we were getting so serious. I apologize, man. That's totally me. No, no. But, like, uh, now that we're here... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're, I'm, I'm happy. Up, I'm happy up. to bring the, the the joy back into it. Like reggae vibes for for everybody, I think is a good prescription for after this podcast. Um, but I want to bring it back to that human element of just being like, yo, this is like people have lost friends, family members, like like siblings, like families have people have struggled like over this without even having to lose someone, right? Just like having somebody who's who's addicted. So I, I, I think it's important to just remember that like what we want to have happen is for people to be held accountable, but not only to have people to blame, but to have some type of pathway to repair the harm that has been done. And I don't know how you do that, 
uh, with so many people that have been affected, right? Like you, you, you can lean into rehabilitation programs and making that stuff available. And if I can be brutally honest, that even that makes me feel like that that's really tough even for me to say, because I feel like I wish that would have been the response uh, when the black community was needed help, right. To treat this as a public health problem rather than a problem of, of criminality and, and illicit drug use. But that's, that is what needs to happen is that we need to treat the people that have been afflicted by this, this opioid epidemic as people that need care, people that need to be rehabilitated. And so whatever comes of this settlement, which I hope is, is substantial. Um, and I hope that we continue to go up the chain to the other com- the, the companies that are manufacturing these drugs um, to see how accurate they've been in, in, in acknowledging the dangers of addiction and the dangers associated with the, the prescribing these drugs to, to certain people. Um, I want that accountability, um, but I want it, I want whatever is implemented to not only benefit the specific communities that are more likely to be affected by the opioid epidemic than were affected by the crack epidemic that are continued to be affected by disinvestment and disenfranchisement. Uh, I want to see healing for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, bro, we are a part of this opioid, um, of this opioid generation. Like, we were in college when this thing was really, it reached its peak in, at least from the studies that I've been reading, is that in 2012 was really when it came to uh, a big crescendo, right? And we were, you're, but you, you're two in college. But isn't that funny that you're saying, like, I, that's, that's when I read that it peaked, because, like, in that context, I can remember some instances that reminded me of like of that that was going on. But it also reminded me of like, if we don't do the same drugs, my guy, then it's very easy to be like, I don't see what's going on with you. Right. If, if I'm content mm-hmm. with if these are my vices and this is the lane that I stay in and I'm and I don't and I don't veer off into this other stuff. It's very easy for me to not know what's going on with you and your community. And I think that that works against us when we need empathy to move forward and understanding yeah. to move forward, you know. Bro, and, and these addictions, man, they start especially like in college. These are such formative years, right? Like you obviously hormones especially in young men are pushing for extremes of things. That's why young men ingest, um, that's why young men ingest uh, a lot of gore videos, pornography, drug, uh, drugs, experimentation. Like that is all part of like the developing brain in order to like. Now brother. Testosterone. (laughs) Testify now. I know what you were saying with that test. That testify now. I think you brought up something to the congregation that needs to be brought forward. That was a little very specific, my guy. You said that's why young men engage in what now? I said in drugs. What else? In pornography. One more time. In drugs. Uh Uh (laughs) No, I heard something else in there. I heard, I heard, I heard. What's what's gore, my dude? Oh, gore. Gore videos, break that down to me. Man, gore videos, that's like videos of people dying, videos of people getting beheaded, um, just extremely graphic videos, right? And there's a bunch of sites that that put that up. And as a young dude, bro, like you really are drawn towards that type of thing, right? And I can speak for myself if I'm being open and vulnerable on this platform of ours. It was not until 
this week, the video where the, the, the terrible video in Wisconsin where the guy drives over all of those people, killing those people in that rampage. After mm. seeing that video, I, I really said to myself, man, I think I'm completely done watching gore videos. I can't, I can't watch that type of thing anymore. It's, it's crazy. And I had a high palate for it when I was younger. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, right, like over the past five years or so, the like how the technology of of phone cameras has captured so much that we've all, I think, been exposed to something that makes us feel like, oh, I really I need to be more cautious about clicking that video that's attached to that story. Right. Whether it's Mm -hmm. the police violence that's been happening in the U.S. or um, even the Travis Scott Astral World, like some of that footage, like that was horrible. I think we I think we are overexposed to that. Um, But yes, talk, talk, say a little bit more about, you know, how you feel like that connects to um, those other areas that you mentioned, pornography and all and all of that stuff, how we might be have some allure to that and but it needing to have its proper place. Yeah. And I think and, and that's all from testosterone drive. Right. It's also the same. Um, it's also the same drive of of just being very sexually um, you, you, you're trying to hook up with as many people as you can. It all kind of like boils down to the same sort of testosterone pushing um, endorphins that are essentially pumping through. But this is the ter- this is the thing about the brain, right? In that in those formative years, you're able to form habits that you then are not able to step away from and you carry it with you through your grown life, right? We've seen we know many grown men that are children. We know many grown men that are children, right? Still having the same habits that we had as teenagers or as early 20s, right? Same thing with the drug addiction. Like we all start together experimenting. We're in college. It's cool. You take some, take something to help you focus. You take something to help you go to sleep. You take something to help you uh, perform better in bed. You take this and this and this. And over time, um, you, you collect on them. You collect on them. And then when you step away from them, and we've seen this happen in our circle, right? And in terms of what addiction looks like as it's, as it's growing is that you leave college, you're like, all right, I'm done with these types of drugs. I'm out of college. I'm working. It's cool. But somebody hasn't been able to shake that off. They're, they're stuck in that habit of that vice and it just keeps going and going. And when you have, you know, CVS, Walgreens and whatever, just pumping drugs out into the street, making it easy, you can see why we can end up in a place now where um, we know a lot of people that are, that have been addicted. We know a lot of people that have struggled with it. That's our generation is knowing addicts, um, being familiar with AA and with uh, rehabs and with interventions. You know, we're not even 30 yet and we've had to do interventions in our lives. You know, that's crazy. Big facts, big facts. I think a lot of what it comes down to is just remembering always that everything has a cost, right? Like, your brain, you get into habits, you get into to routines, right? Even as something as simple as coffee, right? In the morning, I need my caffeine. Woo, 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 don't talk to me until I've had my coffee, right? Uh, your brain is calling out for these things. And it's just remembering that things have a cost, right? Uh, even sugar, you crash off that, right? You know, Adderall makes it difficult to eat. You know, you might be up for a long time, makes it difficult to sleep. Right. It's uh, remembering that everything has a cost. And once you start chasing that feeling, chasing that 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 neural response without uh, awareness of that cost, sometimes that cost isn't physical. Sometimes that cost is the way that you you interact with your peoples, you know, Mm. 
you those those things start to start to move in right on 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 what your uh on your what your relationship is with the people that are close to you because you're thinking about you know how to navigate the world with this this thing on your back this addiction right uh and that becomes that becomes really tough how can we spot that as friends how can we help you know Mr. Miles Xavier, I hate to cut this conversation, but I just received some crazy, crazy news that we are literally reacting to live right now. Miles, you've not seen this. I have not seen this either. Um, we're looking now at Virgil Abloh's Instagram page, and it reads, we're devastated to announce the passing of our beloved Virgil Abloh, a fiercely devoted father, husband, son, brother, and friend. He is survived by his loving wife, Shannon, his children, Lo, um, for over two years, Virgil violently battled a rare aggressive form of cancer, cardiac ang angiosarcoma. He chose to endure his battle privately since his diagnosis in 2019, undergoing numerous treatments. What? That's crazy, bro. Wow. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Prayers, healing, love to the family. That's crazy. That's, That's crazy. Uh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Hold up. Just moment of silence right quick, right? That's wild. I, I didn't mean to cut you off like that. This was just news that just that just literally came in right now that's man i'm so tired of black deaths right now bro i i really prominent figures in in, in black culture are just leaving that's insane that's so sad yeah i mean that 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 hurts to hear um and it's it's yeah following dolph following you know uh just a chaotic a chaotic year that's that's really hard to hear um but i'm to hear that it was a battle with cancer to hear that he got an opportunity to put his art out there that he had that he got to be so prolific in the last couple of years like i i love that that takes on a, a whole a whole new meaning to me um shout out to his team for for whether they knew or not supporting him and, and getting him to the point where he was able to to yeah just become a household name uh always lifting up like his accomplishments and and what he was able to do uh you know wanted to give him his his full gravitas his full weight for his contribution to the culture um, but to put him in, in, in an excellent company, it reminds me of Chadwick, you know, mm. being that kind of taking us by surprise and being like, man, he, you know, it, it, you kind of put some pieces together and maybe it makes sense in retrospect, but I wasn't expecting to lose Chadwick. I was ready for Black Panther too, And to hear that he's battling this um, in this landscape of Hollywood, which is always picking and prying at the personal and to, to hold it down and to not, to not, let that color his his art and how it was received like you know that's that's it just reminds me of that um that spirit and yeah i just wow wow man this is sad bro this is real sad thank you for thank you for being um thank thank you for for being 
the voice of emotion right now, man. It's it's a little this this sucks, you know. Um, such a powerful creative. Uh, the work that he did in Louis Vuitton over the time that he was there was is quite incredible. If you understand the 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 history of, of Virgil coming through from um, even before Off White being on the Kanye team on the Yeezy team and their joint passions and that's when niggas was first introduced to to Virgil, um, Don C, you know that 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 type of crew sending sending prayer and love to them man sending prayer and love to them losing a friend like that that's that's probably horrible and then seeing the work that he did with Off White man that that that's huge and talk about breaking down doors for black creatives in the LVMH space being the first uh black head designer of a a ma- major luxury brand and then killing it and then killing it killing it killing it you know even some of the set designs that were taken on um squid games came from some of the vision that virgil and then put on for some of the the showcases that they did under louis vuitton man um so sad rest in peace prayers up uh Prayers up, man. Love yours, dude. Love yours. Like, life is so short, dude. Life is so, so, so short. Um, yeah, man. Appre- appreciate the people you have around you while you have them. Word. Word. And support your friends, you know? Whatever your friends are trying to do, whatever their, whatever their engagement is, whatever their... Whether it's their Instagram, whether it's their job, whether it's their art, their hobby, support your peoples, man, because... You know, people are putting out their art. They're expressing themselves. You never know how much they're going through. And you never know how much your your, every type, your like, your appreciation, that extra hug, that hello, that conversation, that check in. Just extend yourself that little bit further if you can, when you can, when you have that cup to pour from. Because you never know how much that means to somebody else. You never know what somebody else is going through. I'm sure like... I think at times like these, like, I wonder how the people talking mad crazy about, you know what I mean? Who just fire off tweets and about celebrities not knowing stuff like this. You know what I mean? Like, you never know. You never know what people are going through. So keep that in mind. That's what everybody, man. That's what everybody, like, you you also have to realize that people are carrying the, the worst thing that someone has been through is the worst thing that someone's been through. You know what I mean? And... Being selfish is when you see the struggle that you, if I see the struggle that you're going through and I go, come on, Miles, that's nothing. You're going to be okay. That's just divorce. That's just um, being broke. But you don't understand the gravity of what that holds. And then there's people that are hiding medical issues, people that are hiding traumas, people that are hiding insecurities. And you're not even familiar with that, you know? So just like empathy, man. People got to lead with empathy. And the internet sometimes doesn't have space for that, especially in how people comment towards people that they look up to. It's it's very crass and and very dismissive, dismissing the fact that the everyone's a person that goes through feelings, emotions, and is carrying some heavy load on them. Word, well said, man. Amen. Well said, man. Let's see if we can bring up the vibes of the show one time by getting to our favorite portion of the song. How you feel about that? Skid it. I get that, I get that, but is we live though? Is we like all the way live though? You heard? All right. No games, right? Straight to the point. I gotta mm-hmm. know. 
I gotta know how you how how you felt about this. Um, Maz Xavier, over the week you called me and we have a conversation that we have all the time where you say to me, Zwe, what are we gonna talk about today? What are we gonna bring to this podcast? And a lot of the times, Mr. Maz Xavier, this is giving people some background story of how this thing goes together. We'll list off just a whole bunch of stuff that maybe me and you don't necessarily want to watch or don't care about. Full disclosure, Miles tried to get us to review the Silk Sonic album. It's not <laughs> happening. We're not talking about that here. This is the wrong podcast for that. If you want to review Silk Sonic, go elsewhere. But you're such an R&B head. You, you, got a, you got an ear for the croonage. I needed to hear your opinion on that. I'm sure the people want that too, man. Never say never. Same, the same Miles also wanted us to review some other stuff, and I don't want to get into the names of them because I'm not that type of person, Miles Xavier, but all to say that this week around you came to me, he says, where there's a particular album that we need to review. And I said, Miles, are you sure that this is what we're going to review? He said, definitely, it has to be. And I have to agree with you. You told me to go run that I Swear Vezo. I Swear Vezo, Rich, off of Pints 2. Sir, I couldn't thank you more for putting me on to such fly hip-hop. Um, dope. This one gotta go all the way up the ladder, you know what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta give credit where it's due. You know, you gotta you gotta bring in your yours to to chip up to the boss. This one came from none other than Frederike. So I can't I can't claim full, full Salt based sprinkle on this one, man. This was this was Freddie all the way. You know, when he came through, I had a little dinner, a little sit down with the guys like a couple of weeks ago. I gave my man the Oscord, kind of let almost this whole joint run. Rich off pints too, made for an incredible evening. I had to share this with my brother. So shout out to my boy Freddie uh, for putting putting the guys on to what is gonna no doubt stay in rotation for for a little minute. It's dope. It's dope, man. Listen, like the cool thing about where hip hop is at right now is a lot of a lot of times with hip hop, bro, we have like the super popular. We have our Jay-Z's, Drake's, Kanye's and the guys that dominate the top. And then a lot of times under that, you have just gang impersonators and then just gang dance music. And then it will be just like bottom rung. You know what I mean? And somewhere in between that, depending on how you value boom bap and backpack, you'll place it on that scale. But the cool thing about hip hop now, man, is that there's so much dope music of people that are sounding different, maybe even with the contemporary sound and with what a popular sound is, but sound very different and are still very much enjoyable where it's not like, nah, bro, this dude ain't future. You can still enjoy this like off of just the strength of what it is. And there's so many artists that do that dope. And I think this is, um, this is one of them, man. Listening to this album, I, I got a whole lot of, references to a bunch of music that i do enjoy um which was which was really really cool to see i love the future verses off of this off of this album i think that was super dope um it's 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 fly man this is this is just fly rabbity rabbity hip-hop yeah man this is this is definitely uh something that you play in the car something that you play on your big speakers something that you kind of you you let ring out a little bit um and I always appreciate the uh, the ability to make this type of music without a reliance on the summer, right? A lot of our big up-tempo artists that make active poppy music also kind of rely on the summer to roll that stuff out and to be able to roll something out that kind of, 
has a a lot of replay value and a lot of different scenarios, but it's still hard and upbeat. That's 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 a gem to me, right? So, but the other thing about this album and the reason I really wanted you to get into it was because every once in a while, especially like, and it's a beautiful thing when it happens on the mixtape side, right? But every once in a while, we get these type of albums that just hit, that just feel like exactly what the artist was going for, especially a young artist, an up and coming artist was able to encapsulate in this, in this album. And so I feel like this is one of those, no? Definitely. Definitely. It's, um, and you see it because he's around the right type of tutelage, right? You see it based off of the the remixes. You see it based off of the samples. Um, that that mud baby is dumb. That wait for it, which did that ready or not flip, which was really really dope. Um, you know, and and even when you do see future pop up and these uh, features pop up, you can tell the quality of a rapper based on how hard the features go. And on every feature in this tape, dudes is 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 trying to rap hard as hell. You know what I'm saying? So I think that speaks towards just the quality of how they revere this person as a musician. If you're into that gangstery rap, if you're into that head nodding, music driving, thump, blasting, drug talking, metro booming, probably producing music, then bro, dive all the way into this. <laughs> big facts, big facts. And shout out to the other ones doing it. This is this this fits right into my playlist with ESTG, with 42 Doug. Uh this this stands this stands out even, you know, amongst the money back go and definitely has a has a future influence. Um there's a comparison that I couldn't keep out of my head, especially with the title. I don't know if you wanna you want to dunk that one off the backboard for me, but go. Uh, I mean, like you have to. There's obviously a, a big future comparison that you have to take off of that. But with this project, I was I was feeling very dirty sprite two-ish with the just you know what i mean if we're talking about Mm. mixtapes that encapsulate what an artist is going for what they're trying to what they're trying to put out replay value like i'm not saying the highs are going to be as high in popularity and visibility as futures project but putting this on from start to finish this uh this is a as soon as the as soon as you press play on the first oh this is different oh he's in his bag and you and it's a lot of times intro songs can fool you. You play that first intro track, oh, this is it. And then nah, track two ain't it. But th- this is that's not the case on this one. That I got five on it flip for five mil, goes in, bodies that. That dumb, dumb, dumb. Then the future feature every day. Uh get back, mud baby, different BPMs, different, different beats. He's he's talented. Even uh Chamber Brothers, no, no, no. Huh, Hustle Hard, which isn't my mm. favorite track on the album, shows kind of a versatility there that with artists that are this entrenched in, in making, uh, we need a better word for this, John, but like really like street like music. He's he's he, the versatility. It makes me it makes me want to hear his next project. Uh, mm. There's an energy there that like, again, this is one of those joints that I don't know if a if a Sada baby has a, a body of work. That's as runnable as this. You know what I mean? Sada Baby, maybe not. I don't know. Sada Baby, but that's a good um, comparison for sure. Um, And you definitely listed off some favorite tracks. Getting some feedback there. I got um, Every Day with Future. Mud Baby definitely slaps that sipping. 
um that sipping took me straight to the to the to the same um uh a, a similar track damn I, this dude's name uh damn i forget this dude's name right now but sipping baby dope. face right yeah with the featuring Babyface, and then uh wait for it is also a super super dope one man those are some of the highlights for me um i gave this a a, a good three and a half out of five man i, I really enjoyed this oof yeah i i'm i think i'm a point five above that i think i i think i'm at a four out of five with this one but then it also begs the question is like what more do we want out of an album like this what would push an album like this to a five where this is a great amazing mixtape you handed me this today or in 2011 as a cd and i am a happy man for my next few weekends what more do we want out of a out of a joint like this whatever that mozzie gave us on internal affairs is what more you could give in internal yeah though so but then that internal affairs is flawless it is it is but it's also a much more polished it's a it's i get i get what you're saying i get what you're saying that is a more experienced artist flawless putting out a mixtape vibe project from the perspective of i'm i've mastered my craft this is a Yo, the homie j- just finished the mixtape. Go play this on your way to the chicken spot. And that it would be it would be stupid. It would be absolutely stu- and it is stupid and I enjoyed it as such. But you're asking me what more yeah, can it I be? I know. I think and you answered it. You answered that very well. Because it and uh, internal affairs deserves its own episode. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Any other uh any other music you want to big up right now? Hey man, I'm um you know I dropped the I dropped the the link for the they keep killing my favorite rappers mixed t- uh, playlist that I'll be doing. Um, you know I'm deep 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 in my R and B bag lately, bro. I'm definitely listening to um I'll share the Adele album. I'm, I've been running a lot of Adele, um some knowledge going through knowledge. That Katranada three piece EP is so 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 clean, so dope. And Miles, um, Miles, I'm in love. You did not run into Hannah Faith again. I did not run into Hannah Faith again. Hannah Faith is happily married and we're sending her all the loves and wishes. And that was devastating before, but I found an artist called Fee La La. Ah, you played that Fee La La yesterday. Yeah, okay. Miles, um, and if Fee is listening, refuel it. Let me me speak to her directly. Um, Oh, man. Hi. Uh, Refuel it. It's where... We got a Joe Budden Snow Legger situation going on in here. Oh no, let me put my glasses back on. Then I'll just <laughs> I'll finish the rest of the DMs. But uh, that that mixtape is really dope, man. I love what South African R and B is coming to, and this contribution towards it is dope. Uh, Change will find out the tracks off of Feel Allows. We're gonna be just fine EP. Um, that's what I'm jamming right now. What you got on rotation, sir? Ah oh, man, I've been I've been. Um... I've been rinsing that that reason that no more no less that little three piece that's fire right there. Um, I've been in my my R and B bag as well, uh, and a little bit of a little bit of yeah, like Afro beats and my piano music. Thank you for putting me on to that. Um, yeah, man, uh, Tamaya, a little bit of that, uh, a little bit of uh, Low J and Sars. You know what I'm saying? I've been I've been. I've been exploring. It was really interesting, though, man. I was on title. I was checking out the Joe Berg's charts, and it was straight that Adele. So y'all was vibing out. Yeah. Y'all was loving that. Um, but man, I, uh, 
you know, it's it's always it's always interesting to to shout out a, a, another podcast on the podcast. But I was checking out that million dollars worth of game uh, conversation with Kevin Gates, and that just mm-hmm. that just reminded me how much I like Kevin Gates as a person. Yeah. And it put me right back into listening to his music. He's dropped a couple of low key singles lately. Uh, mm-hmm. Four Rain Gangsta, uh, Dear Lord, I think it's the other one, Dear God. So Kevin Gates is one of uh, you know what. Man, you protect Kevin Gates at all at all costs. Protect Kevin Gates. Protect my homie Moneybag. Yo, protect protect. We losing too many too many people, man. It's crazy out here. And protect yourselves. Protect yourselves, man. We protect only do this show for a few reasons, and one of those reasons is that we know that people are carrying some heavy things. People are going through some really heavy things, and we cultivate um, positive energy. And we cultivate good conversation and information and we bring it to the show to share it with people, um, whether if it's for a moment in somebody's day that we can make them feel a little bit better, man. That's the whole reason we do the shows, because we know we know. Yeah, we know it is Sunday afternoon or evening, depending on where you post it up. And if you are now in tune with Hazelnut Tones, that's me and Chestnut Tones, that my brother. We appreciate y'all for listening to the whole show, getting a whole enchilada, man. You know, we're trying to go harder. We're trying to go further and farther every week. Uh, We are making improvements. We are trying to make sense of the headlines. We are trying to figure it all out in real time during this celebration of celebrating, the celebration of life, celebration of love, the celebration of how good it feels to be black. Don't it feel good, Zway? It's my favorite thing, baby. Tall, dark, and handsome. (laughs) That's right, yo. See, nah, you don't get to you don't get to allude to the height debacle without getting into it. We got that for y'all next episode. He's opened the door, ladies and gentlemen. He set the precedent. I would like to invoke my Seventh Amendment right to pretend I know what I'm talking about at this juncture. But you know what I'm talking about, man. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. We hope that it feels good to be you in whatever skin you are in. Eat something delicious. Hug somebody you love. Happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Christmas time. You know we wasn't going to get out of here without that. You know we wasn't going to get out of here. I hope y'all are decking y'all halls, putting y'all lights up, getting your Christmas movie playlist in rotation. You know what I'm saying? Listen to that Jeremiah and Chance. Listening to that. We're going to need some promotion from all the Christmas-themed people that I'll be shouting out. But for real, mm-hmm. oh, it's such a great time. If nothing else, just as an excuse to be around, hug and bug your loved ones. Peace, water, like that, we gone. Yeah, 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 I get that, I get that, but is we live, though? Is we, like, all the way live, though? You heard?